So, we've been learning how to be impeccable with our word, how to not take things personally, not assume, and then how to do our best. And I want to touch on that for just one little second on our best, because that was an awesome message last week that Aaron preached, and it really hit me when he was talking about doing your best, which means not the best of somebody else, not the expectation of the best that somebody has for themselves that they put off on you, because you can never do someone else's best. You can only do your best. And that really shifted some things for me because I thought that's what I've been doing a lot of the time when I'm doing everything is I'm trying to strive for somebody else's best and not mine. So that was a great way to end four agreements that we've been working on. However, there's a fifth because you have to be able to put that into effect. You have to be able to put all of those things to work every day. And how do you do that? How do you continue to, every day, have your impeccable words spoken, not take things personally, not assume, and do your best? And this is being skeptical but learning to listen. And when I first saw that, I was like, whoa, we're supposed to walk in faith, you know? You've got to have faith. That's not the kind of skeptical that is being talked about here. The kind that's being talked about here is really learning to discern things that you believe and new agreements that you make so that you don't fall back into some of your old patterns and some of your old belief systems. Because it's real easy to do that. I've, I've done that a couple of times Okay, maybe more than a couple in my walk here, in my discovery of my purpose and who I am and the truth in me. So discerning is something that we do have from God. So I went and found it because I was, you know, always have to make sure that I can find that truth and make sure that I'm discerning. What I'm hearing is a good, something for me that's going to be good advice to use that will work toward me finding my purpose and being who I am. So Psalm 119.66, teach me good discernment and knowledge, for I believe your commandments. So I'm thinking, yeah, so God does want us to weigh and discern things that we hear, beliefs that are spoken to us, most importantly, beliefs that we speak about ourselves. Because we are the main person that we listen to in our lives. Everything that we focus on, every belief that we make, every agreement we've made, everything that we take in, we weigh that and we decide if we're going to continue to move in it and tell ourselves about it. So if you wake up in the morning and you tell yourself, you know, oh man, I slept through my alarm. I am now 10 minutes behind. The whole day is going to be 10 minutes behind. Everything I do is now going to be 10 minutes late. Well, yeah, it's going to. Because you just spoke it and you just made an agreement with that. On the other hand, you can wake up and be like, oh my gosh, 10 minutes late. Ah-ha. Where can I, you know, how can I make that up? Oh, I know. Do I really have to stand and stare at my closet for five minutes? 
I know the outfits I have, so I'm just going to go in there, grab something, put it on, and let's go. I just made five minutes up. It's going to be a great day. <laughs> it doesn't. But I, I have, on occasion, actually done that and been like, yes. And that makes the day even better. So you decide. I decide, okay? Because where I work, if you are five minutes late, you have the wrath of Satan on you. And it is not good, let me tell you. So I've gotten to a place where I'm just like, you know, especially since I heard do my best. I'm like, my best is sometimes I'm going to walk in there just a few minutes late and I still have 20 minutes till we open anyway. So I think I'm going to be okay. And apologize and hey, I did my best to get here. And... That is just not one of my strengths. Being on time is not a strength that I have. <laughs> and I used to really, really struggle with that. Because I used to just believe that, you know, someone had told me once, well, if you're not on time, you don't really want to be there. Well, if I paid 50 bucks for a concert ticket to go see someone sing and something happens and for whatever reason I'm late, that doesn't mean I didn't want to be there. It just means circumstances made it a little difficult. But I still wanted to be there. I paid the money. But I used to be like, oh no. If, 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 if people think that, then they're going to be like, oh, Jeanette was late for practice, for worship. She must not want to be here. Who is she mad at? Who did, who did she get mad at that now she just really doesn't want to be at worship because so, she's late? Is that the truth? No. <laughs> the truth is, Robin going to be a little bit late because I have to have dinner because i got to work late. Okay. <laughs> it doesn't mean I don't want to be at practice. It just means a circumstance occurred. But, and that's a little thing that I'm using as an example that we believe, you know, that we take on as a truth that isn't necessarily a truth. What we want to do when we be skeptical is have a little bit of doubt in that that we're believing and figure out how it jives with us, how it fills with our heart. And go maybe further back and see where did, where did I find a, you know, agreement that everyone's going to think if I'm not there on time, I don't want to be there. And go back and figure that out because that's not the truth. <clears throat> so I found a really cool line in while I was preparing this message and I thought wow it just was profound to me by Miguel Ruiz that says the truth doesn't need you to believe it the truth simply is and it survives whether you believe it or not so the truth is out there and it's there it was there before you were born it's going to be there after you're not here anymore and it doesn't care if you believe because the truth is what is. It doesn't care if you believe that the sky is blue. It is. That's a truth. <laughs> it's a simple truth, but it's a truth. How it's blue, I don't know. You know, you can go to the scientists that are into that and they'll explain how the prisms of light come off of the universe and whatever because you see pictures of the universe and it's black. And I'm all, how's our sky blue then? It's blue. That's the truth. 
I'm not going to get away from it. And it doesn't care if I believe it's blue. I can get up in the morning and say it's violet. Yeah, at some points of the day it is. So that's the truth too. So the truth is, and in order to be able to discern it, we have to figure out how to become aware of what is the truth, the real truth we're believing. Especially about who we are. Because everybody walks around in this world believing their own truth. Their own truth of who they are, their own truth of what people think about them, believe about them. Their own truth about their abilities in what they're doing in their life. If they're really walking in what they want to do and their desires. And the second half, learning to listen, is learning to be able to hear when somebody else is trying to figure out their truth and when somebody else is helping you figure out your truth. Because I believe God does send us people in our lives that help us discern who we are supposed to be. I don't think that I meet anybody in my life by coincidence. Whether it's just an acquaintance or someone in my family. Even if I have a brief moment with them. I choose to believe that there is a reason that they're there. That there is that truth. And God gives us many tools to be able to discern that. One of the biggest ones is our intuition. You know, that little voice. And everybody has it, whether you believe in God, (laughs) whether you don't. There's that little, small voice inside of you that will say, don't do that. Or, you should do this. And you really feel pulled to do it or to not do it. And sometimes, you listen to it, and it's great. And sometimes you don't. And you're like, why didn't I do that? Especially when it comes to making some decisions here and there about, you know, something in life. Should I take this class? Should I not take this class? Should I take this street? Should I not go down this street? I get those little intuitions all the time. And most times whenever I don't listen to them, it's always like... Why didn't you just do that? Especially when I'm not listening to my intuition because I'm having a tantrum and I'm mad at whatever. Something's not going my way or something's not meshing the way that it should. I've done that at work. You know, we have policies, procedures, things that you're supposed to do so that you don't get in trouble. And sometimes, because I'm me, and I have this little, tiny, little, it's like this big piece of rebellion in me, where I just kind of get tired of someone telling me over and over and over again. Because I know, I know, quit telling me. You have to count every single strap when you do your vault shipment. I know. Been doing it for a year. I think I can do it. Crazy busy day. Go back to the vault. Get it all ready. Have the assistant manager come in and check it. 
tells me I'm short 500 in the strap. I just throw him the money. Here you go. And the little tiny boy said, make sure you double count that. And I said, he's the second set of eyes. We need to get out of here. We're in a hurry. We didn't get this done when we should have. And I didn't listen. And the truth was, I should have, because he miscounted. Because apparently neither one of us know how to count. And so I was short, $500. Couldn't figure out why. Go back, look at everything. Freaking out. Because, like, I had child balance earlier and it was fine. And I'm thinking back. Maybe I should have went back and just double-checked. Like that little tiny voice. Because God cares about everything that we do in our life, right? So I'm very sure that that voice was like, hey, I'm telling you, I can see this going. He's not paying attention. Took three days for them to find it. I'm freaking out for three days. This is it. I'm going to be fired. He's freaking out because he doesn't know how he could have miscounted anything in there. Manager sends a mean email. I'd like to know why between the two of you, you couldn't find $500 in the vault shipment order that you were checking. Your dual control stinks. And I thought, hmm, if I had just listened to that little voice that says the truth is, when you follow policy and procedures that are in place, that are supposed to be in place, they're there for a reason, could have saved us both a lot of trouble and hassle and not have the supervisor coming behind us now in second counting. So now the money gets counted three times. We created this unhappy little situation because I choose to own my part and didn't listen and follow in that truth. So we have tools. And sometimes it's a bigger intuition. Like, don't go to work today. You know, I heard a couple of stories of some people when, when everything happened on September 11th that had that. Don't go in. They didn't go in. They're alive. How many had the tuition, the intuition to not go in and still go in? And went there. Now. Here. So that is important to discern and listen to those things. And you can measure it by the truth around you of it. In my little deal, I can measure that by saying, we have dual control for a reason, but when somebody finds a discrepancy, you need to go through and you need to double-check that discrepancy and you need to make absolutely sure before you send the money out with Loomis. <laughs> All sealed in a bag saying, yes, we both checked it and it was fine. So I've really begun to do that more in things with myself, listening when people tell me, you know, you're a good leader, you should lead. You're a good speaker, you should speak. Before I never thought about it, it was something in my heart, but I never measured how it made me feel. Because I really didn't believe who I am, what I'm made of, which is obviously an image of God, your image of God. I don't think I've ever met a human that's not, <laughs> since we're all made the same, right? God is love, and so are we. 
Uh, we're a lot of things that God is, as a matter of fact. First John says, four, first John 4, 7 through 8, Beloved, let us love one another, for love is from God, and whoever loves has been born of God and knows God. Anyone who does not love does not know God, because God is love. So that's one of the very, very first important truths that we've got to learn to discern and listen is love. And genuine love, unconditional love, love that's not going to, you know, have conditions on it that you have to meet. And I've known and met people who've, who've had that kind of love and I thought, wow, how horrible it must be to be constantly trying to buy someone's love or earn someone's love. And if you're love, you don't have to earn it. When we're born, we don't do anything to earn love. When my son was born, (laughs) I had a little bit of a rough time. My mom had been gone for a few years. Our family had just been devastated with some other losses and things. And so we were wanting something happy and beautiful. And here comes Derek. Everyone was so excited. I told everybody at a football game, at the Cannon game, siblings all around, how's your life going on? Everything? Hey, I got a question for you guys. <clears throat> Excuse me. How'd you all like to be aunts and uncles? What? Everyone was all excited. So we were excited. And then Derek came along. And that kid would not sleep. And I used to just sometimes be sitting there holding him crying. George would get up, she'd try. And sometimes he just would sit, want me, just me. But he wouldn't sleep. I'd try and take him to bed, sleep, no moving around, is that whatever. And I would think, I know why God made babies so cute. Because <laughs> I could be so angry. And then he smiles. The little toothless smile or to grab my hair or something and that love would just swell up and I thought this is what unconditional love feels like because he didn't do anything to deserve it he didn't contribute to paycheck he didn't contribute to cleaning the house he made more messes But that's how we learn. We learn that love. And, I, and I'm like, this is the first love that I really can understand, unconditional. And we get it, too, when we're born, because we're the same way. We all enter the same way, right? And so I thought, if I can learn to operate with everybody in that, because I'm thinking that's what God does. He operates with everybody in that. That is a truth. And it does not care if you believe it or not. You don't have to earn anybody's love. You are love. You do got to learn how to love yourself that way, though, unconditionally, which is hard because we always find things about ourselves that we we can talk up negative. I can talk up negative about myself. I have people in my life that love me that are just like, seriously, shut up. You know, (laughs) you know. Get off your, your pity horse. And sometimes we do it kind of because we want, we're trying to find out who we are 
what we are, and we're trying to look for somebody to disagree with it so that we can latch on to that truth because it's in our heart, but we don't really believe it enough to say it ourselves. So I'll say something like, oh, man, I'm so dumb. I cannot figure out whatever, whatever, math or something. And I'll get back, really? So let me tell you why you're not. And then I'm like, oh, yeah, okay, thanks. And then I think, why am I doing that and trying to get it from other people? And trying to discern that from someone else when I can just say that to myself. When I can, when, because I know that the voice inside of me that God's telling me. You know, we have, we have it all over in our Bible. Who we are. How we're like God. How we are perfect in our imperfections. How our weaknesses are just as great as our strengths. Because it makes us who we are. You are you. You're you. And you're the you that God loves how you are. Your parents were brought together. However, they created the biological beautiful you that gets up every morning and I know looks in the mirror and says, you are beautiful. And if you don't, you better start. Because you are. Some of the tendencies and things that you have that you see that you're like, why did I just do that? And then you find out that your great uncle Earl or whoever used to do that very thing and you're like, oh. That's something that's part of you. Who you are. Talents, abilities, skills, things like that. Because if God saw it all, he's like, oh, here we go. And sometimes we forget that and we've made agreements with other things that are not the truth of who we are. And we start walking in something we're not. And then we wonder why we're not happy. And then we wonder why the same patterns of mistakes continue and continue and continue. Because we don't believe the truth that we're love. And if you don't like yourself, where you go, you're always going to be. So if you're always hanging out with someone you don't like, that makes you a pretty not fun person to be around, I would think, because you present that to the world. But if you start seeing who you are, hey, I'm not so good at that. Hey, whenever I get in arguments with people, I'm not so eloquent with my words because I get frustrated and I can't say what I want to say. I can accept that now. It used to really frustrate me and I'd start to cry. But now I can kind of sit back and go, okay, sister's yelling at me again. I can't remember what I did. It's got to be a reason. (laughs) It's got to be something. I need to listen. That's where your listening comes in. What is really being spoken to me? What is really being said? And is it coming from a place of love? Because if it isn't, nothing, there's nothing in there that says you have to accept that. But you can find your truth in it and accept that. Because that's ultimately what it's about, is being who we are. And that's how we live in joy, happiness, 
gratefulness, you know. So I do have a list here that says some truths that don't care if you believe it or not, because it just is. It's just there. I used to try and argue with friends that believed in evolution or whatever because (laughs) I just knew because I could feel it in my heart, the truth. And I'd go through the whole thing, well, if, you know, if we evolved from monkeys, how come there's still monkeys? I thought evolution says, you know, it's moving forward, so obviously what you're evolving from is going to cease to exist, and then they'd have reasons why it doesn't, and it was an unending cycle. And when I really began to understand the truth is there, that I didn't have to defend God, that I didn't have to defend who he is, why things happen in the world the way that they do. A lot of things happen in the world the way they do because of our choices. Some things are out of our control because, you know, then again, is it really? If a hurricane is coming towards you and they're like, hey, you might want to consider leaving. This hurricane's coming. We have tools for advance warning to let you know. And if we know it's going to be really, really bad, we will help you leave. Sometimes they have to make it mandatory because some people just won't leave. Then you have those people who don't leave, even though the truth is there. This hurricane's coming, it's going to hit you. We've given you all the tools necessary to see this truth, yet you decide not to leave. And those are the very people that will go, it's God's fault. This hurricane came because of whatever. No, the hurricane came because that's just the cycle of the planet. It's the way it's designed to work. God didn't send that to punish somebody. But there's people who have the ability to make instruments that can find this stuff out early enough to give warning so that people can survive and get out. You know? And things are things. We come into the world with nothing. Whether your parents are rich, not rich, whatever, because that's your parents' stuff. You just come in as their child who will be an adult who has to make their own money and their own stuff and their own things. When we leave, we don't have that. We don't take any of that with you. I have a joke. So there's a man, he's rich. He passed away, and in his will, he wanted to make sure that his wife buried all of his money with him. And she had friends and family. You can't do that. You'll be without money. What's he going to do with it? He can't take it. She's like, I got this. The funeral. Casket's open. Everyone's watching her because they're going to figure out how she's going to give him all his money. And she put a check on his chest. For the balance his account. Did she follow through with his wishes? Mm-hmm. You can't take it with you. You take you with you, so you got to be happy with you and love you. And it's not easy, because some mornings I wake up and I'm just like, ooh, I don't want to. But then again, it's a gift. Another day. 
And that's the truth. I woke up in that day. So some truths we have about God that we are. Eternal. You can get a copy of this. I'll have some sheets on the floor if you want to grab it. It has scriptures to go with it that I'm not going to go through because then we'll be here till 2. And I don't want to do that, and I don't want anyone falling asleep on me. So, God is infinite, self-sufficient. We're self-sufficient. Omnipresent. We can be. We can close our eyes, pray, ask God. I've heard countless stories of people seeing something going on somewhere way on another shore that's happening at the same moment that they're sitting there praying because they're praying for that and they're wanting God to show them, is this getting there? And he honors that. All-knowing, omnipotent, omnipotent, I don't even know how to say that word anyway. Sounds like Maleficent. She's one of my favorite characters. And I am proud to like a villain. I'm not sure I ever really want to be fully all-knowing. Simply because what's the fun in that? If you know everything, then you can't like research and do fun things to find out something. When, when I was going to have my daughter, and uh, I had a friend and she was just you got to know what it is. got to know what it is. And I was like, no, I don't want to. Yeah, but then people will know what to buy you for your shower and all this stuff. And I was like, yeah, I don't really want to know because I want to be surprised. I want to I love this child right now for, I don't care if it's a boy or a girl. I want him to feel that I love this child because it's mine. And it doesn't matter. And if I get some blue stuff, Girls look good in blue, too. My sister loves blue. She won't wear anything pink. For Breast Awareness Month, she puts a little tiny bow. She just won't wear pink. She loves blue. I didn't want to know because I wanted that surprise. So sometimes it's okay to not know. But we can. If we really, really want it, and it's really a desire that's going to work with our purpose that we have, God will let us know. I really believe that. God is unchanging. Now, we have the ability to change, yes, because we're human, too. But I think we can be unchanging, and once we begin to realize who we are and walk in our purpose, and we get rid of an old belief or we get rid of an old agreement, That we can decide not to go back there and walk in that and not change from that. And not change from that focus. And continue to discern so that we don't. And be like, you know, God, let me know if I'm slipping back so I can get back and not change. God is holy, righteous, faithful. And all the stuff I've ever been through in my life, I don't think I've ever felt God not be there. Now, I may have been super angry with him, turned my back on him, and just been like, you're not listening to me. But that wasn't the truth. It really wasn't. Because when I go back, when I'm finally out of that fog that I was in, mad because my dad died, mad because my mom was sick and so young, mad because my nephew was born needing a heart transplant or whatever, 
not understanding and being one of those people that blamed God, I would go back and look and see there were people he would literally bring into my life that would speak completely opposite what I was thinking. And that would register with me, but because I can be stubborn, I'd push it away. But then as I was going and walking through some of this, God would show me. Do you remember that time in the room when there were 30 of you sitting and the doctor was saying, take the baby home, let him die? And everything and everybody in that room said no. And your sister-in-law's mom, Pam, stood up and she said, I'm speaking on behalf of the parents. I'm speaking on behalf of all of us. You do what you do to make that baby live. We don't want to hear no more. God put that child on this earth for a reason, and he is going to be here. That was the truth that God was putting there. Being faithful. Evan's 22. He's got testimonies he shares. He's involved in his worship team. He's an amazing young man. And I look at that and I see faithful. Because it would have devastated our family if he would not have. Devastated. And I think God realizes that sometimes when we are going through circumstances. God is true. I've never heard a lie from God. The biggest, though, is God is love, which I said before. Love. And we are love, too. Again. And in these last three years, really, is where I've really, really been walking and learning that. Because love is a hard thing to wrap your mind around because there's so many different types. You know, you have parent to children, you have friends to friends, you have sister, you have spouse, you have, you know, all these different kinds of love. And some of them have conditions and some don't. But the biggest love is the unconditional. When you get to a place where you make that final judgment on something, which is, should be, I'm not going to judge anymore, and just accept people for who they are, for who God's made them to be, respect what they have going on in the reality of their own life and what the truth is that they're living and trying to find. I had a friend I used to work with, and he was homosexual. And great guy. I still see him, and we still talk a lot and stuff. And we used to talk about that at times. There'd be downtime at work, and we'd sometimes get into some religious talk because his grandmother was Catholic, and his family's mostly Catholic, and I had been raised Catholic, and we were talking. And he said, and I didn't realize at the time that innately inside of me I had been operating from this love because I always felt a terrible injustice about how people who were a little different than what society said were treated. Irregardless. I mean, and there were other things too. Maybe how they looked. Maybe, maybe the way that they, you know, carried themselves. The outcasts, so to speak. 
And he used to just bug me because I used to be like, who do these people think they are? Because, see, I was picked on as a kid. So I knew the feeling. I knew both sides. I knew the side of being the person that was told whatever. And I knew the side of standing there listening and maybe not stepping in because for once they weren't having their eyes focused on me. So I learned to just kind of accept everybody and be nice to everybody. Because I never wanted anybody to feel like I felt, if I could help it. Because that's not a fun place to be. And so he said, you know, you say you're a Christian. And sometimes the way that you talk, it makes me wonder. Because we have some interesting conversations. He said, but of everybody I've ever known that's claimed to be that way, you are the one that has really accepted me the most, and I feel not judged by you. He says, because I've had people tell me that God hates me for what I am. And even then, I didn't even realize that I was like operating in the truth and didn't know that I was actually telling him what I was going to be learning here. And I said, well, that's not the truth. You should be able to know that yourself. Everywhere you look, it says God loves everybody. Why wouldn't he love you? You're a neat person. And obviously you're human too, so you have God in you, so I don't get it. And shame on that person. And he got tears in his eyes and he was like, wow, I never thought of it like that. I've been angry with God all this time for the life that I've been in because it's a hard life. I don't know how to I don't know how to change. I don't know how to accept me. And I told him, accept you for me and let God do the rest. Because he loves you. He loves me. And I guess he'd gone to church a couple of Sundays after that and came, came in later and was like, I went to church with my grandma. And for the first time, I felt like God loved me. Because I thought about what you said. Because it's not our place. It's not our place to put our truth onto somebody else. Because truth is truth. It's going to get there. But if we have some truth to share, and if somebody else has some truth to share, that's where we need to discern it and listen. Because sometimes we're so hard-headed, God will have to use somebody. (laughs) So we don't need to compare ourselves to someone else's abilities and talents and things that they can do that we can't do. Because if we were all the same, what a boring society that would be. Can you imagine? Seen some of those movies where they try where they try and show you what'll happen when they put this cardboard world out there, and humans do not accept that. And, and they, they base it on studies that they do psychologically, and you know, and then they, they somebody will make a science fiction movie about it. You know, something about like like the Matrix. 
there's just something not quite right in that truth. I watched a a series not too long ago called Wayward Pines or something, and it was kind of based on that. It was a futuristic thing, and I don't know. There were these creatures that took over the world or something, and there was this one little town that everybody lived in. And as the gist of the story went, come to find out that these people had been frozen and then awakened as the last humans. But when they tried to give them a perfect society, like just perfect, they wouldn't accept it, and they would try to escape. So a lot of times if you're feeling like you're trying to escape, there's somewhere in your truth that's not quite true. It's just not quite meshing. And you've got to discern that. And listen. And I I believe God tries to tell us first himself because he wants to have a relationship with us. And so when we're praying or meditating or doing what we do to get in touch with him, And sometimes we're just not quite ready to accept that truth because there's something in our own belief system that we have to deal with, that we've taken on. Then he'll send someone that'll give you kudos or something and you're going, what? Okay. But you know, you can feel in there that's meshing with the desire that you have. That's meshing with something that you want to do. And sometimes you can walk into something that you really don't want to do because you've been told all your life this false truth and you're not happy there. Truly, I am not happy in banking. But I was told all my life you have to have a job that has solid, has some solid earning potential And women do great in banks as tellers. You can do that. You talk to people. You do this, you do that. They neglected to say that you had to count and figure out mistakes when somebody does something wrong. And you can't find out why until three days later. That's not fun to me. I would have been a detective if that was. I mean, if I'm going to go find out something that, you know, I want it to be like CSI. Exciting. It is not exciting going through a tape. What do you think about this one? Oh, no, I don't like it. Okay. How about this one that says 500? No, look at here. You gave out this. Oh, dang it. That's not fun. (laughs) But some people love it. I have another one. She's like, oh, give me the tape. I'll do it. I'll do it. Give it to me. Give it to me. There it is. So then I start comparing myself. Man, why don't I have that gift? Yet that same person's like, I couldn't even write a short story if they had a gun to my head. Which I could in like three seconds. Gun to my head, done. That's me. That's what we all have. We all have that truth of who we are. And sometimes we don't discern very well and sometimes we don't listen very well because we are going on what we think is the right truth and God puts a little, and we sidestep. And then finally it's just, I got it. (laughs) Sometimes he has to do that. So being aware 
and just having that little tiny bit of doubt in something that's being told to you and letting it discern with your heart can help you find how to continue to make the right agreements now that work with you, not take something personal. Not assuming that because I'm going to be late, everybody thinks I don't want to be there. And doing my best, not someone else's best. And we all have bests in different things. And being okay with someone whose best is not your best. Because we shouldn't do that to someone else either. And we can discern when we're doing that by how we are, how they act with us. If they're apologetic. Oh, I'm so sorry. Hmm. And doing everything that we do with love. And I'm starting to really walk in that, that truth. Like in the morning, hey Jeanette, I love you. You're cool or whatever I decide is my word for the day that's going to describe me, and try and go out and walk in that. Are we going to get it right every day? No, of course not. It's just part of life. Things happen, stuff happens, we're going to get mad. But if we love ourselves, we're not going to beat ourselves up for it. I used to beat myself up for any little mistake I did. Oh, my gosh. Anything. If I said something wrong, if whatever. Ooh, what did I, say? I, I mean, I would harp on it to myself for days. I should have said this. I should have done and finally God's just like you reacted as you. That was the most authentic that you were in that moment was that reaction. That's what it means to be you. And it's not easy sometimes. Because we still find ourselves comparing to someone else. Oh, if only I if only I had that dress. If only I'd seen Tammy's dress first at Dress Barn, I'd be wearing it today and not her. Oh, gosh, all the time the shoes. I think we should wait for her one day out in the parking lot, tackle her, and take her to her house and make her give us all her shoes. There's a meeting in the hospitality room after you're not invited, Tammy. So... (laughs) And, and, I, and I used to do that a lot, really compare myself. And I remember a story. I remember one time at dinner, my mom, we were all sitting down. My dad used to work at Parkview. He was an electrician guy. I really don't know what his title was. I just know he worked on all the equipment because that was his thing. And he was very, very smart in that. He was a chief of the military, radar control technician. I mean, people would bring him his, their VCRs by the droves. Those of you who know what a VCR is. Those of you who don't, look it up. And so she asked him. Because he was talking, he was, you know, talking about this, something he had to fix. And he had to go into the, to the operating room. And uh, they were doing surgery on the guy. And he had to get all the stuff on and everything. But they couldn't continue forward because, I don't know, there was just something wrong with one of the machines they needed. And it was like this crazy, ah. And so... After my, mom, after my dad had talked about fixing that and everything, my mom said, don't you sometimes feel like inadequate? Don't you sometimes feel like, you know, you're not smart enough working at the hospital? My dad's like, what? We're talking about a man who had a like, really high IQ. 
So all of us are like eating our food. We're like, did she just ask dad if he doesn't think he's smart? And he said, what do you mean? And she said, well, you know, you work with all those doctors, all those nurses. And they do all, you know, because my mom was sick with lupus. So in her mind, the doctors were super smart and super, and they are. Because they knew everything to do for her body here and there whenever something would happen. And you work in a hospital with them. Don't you feel sometimes like you're not smart enough? And he said, no. Let me tell you something. I love to work on electronics. When I got in the military, they did my aptitude test. I was inclined to that. I got my schooling in that. I can fix anything electronic. The machines at that hospital are electronic. They are necessary for people to live in some instances. A doctor is an expert in the body because they had a love, whatever it was, a passion, whatever it was, to go and learn that. They felt that was their purpose. Would I rather have an electrician sewing me up or a doctor? They know their thing. I know mine. No one is better than anybody else. We all work together for the same goal, which is that person living. The doctors couldn't go further without the machine. The machine needed to work. And he said it in a much more eloquent way because my dad spoke really well. And I thought, even thinking then, though, I thought, wow, we do that. I do that. I compare myself to everybody. And we shouldn't. Because you are you. I'm me. We are made special the way that we are because that's just how we were made. And God loves each and every single one of us, even those who do not believe he exists. Even someone who has a whole different concept. doesn't matter. He loves us all. He's in place conditions. We're all love. And I've run into some people that have just been abounding in love that haven't said they're Christian or go to church or put a label on themselves. But they'll say, oh, I know Jesus. I love him. And you can see it. What church do you go to? I don't go to church. But I know him. That's a truth. I love him. This is how I met him. Some of them will share. Somebody will share. And I'm like, wow. That's so cool. God doesn't need a building to let you know he's there and love you because he is. It's a truth that doesn't care. It's a truth that is there. And if you're willing to listen to it, discern it, you will. And we all have that choice, which is awesome because we can choose to not listen and be $500 short in the vault.
but take responsibility for it. And that gives you more power and empowerment in your life, in your walk, in your world than when you don't discern, listen. And it doesn't take, doesn't take much time to, you know? It really doesn't. Two seconds sometimes. So I have a couple things I want to leave with you. One's a quote from the book, and one's a scripture that I think go together. That might help you just remember while you're out there in the big world. That can sometimes be not so forgiving or has so many different truths flying around in it that are not actual truth. You can find something to help us remember who we are in it. So Philippians 1, 9 and 10. And this I pray that your love may abound still more and move in real knowledge and discernment so that you may approve the things that are excellent in order to be sincere and blameless until the day of Christ. The things that are excellent, those are the things, love, joy, peace, happiness, that is joy, isn't it? You know what I mean. And it's, 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 a daily, it's a daily thing that we have to think about. And sometimes we don't even think about it. Once we start kind of walking in love, it just kind of happens. And you find yourself being nicer to somebody. You find yourself, you know, without even thinking about it, smiling more. I do. And we have this test that we do at the bank that's part of our um, customer service survey that they do. And the question is, did you feel special? <laughs> How do you make someone feel special in two seconds sometimes? Really? And, and they harp on this thing, say their name, say their name, say their name. And I'm like, yeah, but sometimes that doesn't. Because what if you're someone like me who has a really hard time remembering people's name and you've seen that same person four times and you're like, <laughs> what is your name? <laughs> For the fourth time? Is that person going to feel special? Dang, I've seen her for four times and she never remembers my name. I must not be someone that's rememberable. I don't even know if that's a word, but you know what I mean. <laughs> there it is. It's spoken. It is so. I mean, really. Can you see how that could just ha- Who knows what that person can be having? All of a sudden they can be like somebody who could say, wow, I must not make an impression on people if they can't even remember my name. So now I smile and I say, I'm not good with names, but I love seeing you every day you come in and whatever, find something that their car or whatever that lets them know, I remember you. I happen to be weak in an area. George can remember anybody's name and face. Drives me crazy. Will be some, oh, that's so-and-so from them. I'm like, you met him once. I used to try and be like that. Mm-mm, I can't. So I'm not going to compare anymore about that. 
So just what I want to leave with you also is what is important is your own experience. Use all the tools that you have to face what you believe and to see the truth and win your personal war. Because really that's kind of what we're all in is like this little war trying to figure out the real us and the fake us and we're like, mm-hmm. and we want, we want the real us to win, the true us that God put in there all those many, many years ago that cooked for nine months. You don't need to compete with anybody. You don't need to compare yourself with anybody. You just need to be what you are to be real love. Real love is what you were born with. Real love is what you are. You were born with everything you need to make it. That's the truth. We have everything we need. We just have to learn to discern when we're being reminded of it or when it's being shown to us. We have everything we need. Whether you're just starting teenager or you're in your 80s. You have everything you need. So, thank you all for listening. You guys have a great Sunday. An awesome week. And I'm going to have Nick close with prayer.